0: hello everybody and welcome to today's live stream thanks for joining me for today's talk although the yeah reason is not necessarily a happy or a positive one Um, as always um, if you are joining me live right now um, yeah first of all I really appreciate that but um, let me know if you can see and hear me loud and clear just to make sure that from a tech perspective everything is working as it should be so what do i want to talk about today um, yeah as everybody um, knows um, last week um, yeah we saw uh, russia attacking um, ukraine and um, therefore, I think that has, uh, yeah, very far-reaching implications, um, not only political and um, yeah military strategy-wise. Um, I leave that to the experts, but also um, yeah economic-wise. And that's what I want to talk about today. Meaning, I want to talk about um, yeah the economic effects or the economic impact the whole conflict um will have globally from my perspective um yeah and therefore i'm happy that happy that you are joining me today if you have any questions feel free to put them in the chat um, or in the comment section i hope um yeah that then that comment uh, will show up, and I will be able to answer the question live during this stream. Sometimes it doesn't work perfectly on every platform, but generally speaking, YouTube is usually the best platform to get the best experience, and I see all the comments and all the chats there. All right, that being said, um, let me pull up my notes over here all right so um yeah war between ukraine and russia um i want to talk really briefly really quick um what happened so far um yeah on february 21st in 2022 that was last week monday at um yeah 10.35 in the evening at night, Russian President Vladimir Putin announced that Russia recognizes the independence of two pro-Russian breakaway regions in eastern Ukraine. This leads to a first round of economic sanctions from NATO countries the following day. And then, um, yeah, as we all know, a few days later on Thursday, february 24th on or about around you yeah, three o'clock um, universal time or six in the morning moscow time um, russian president vladimir putin announced in a pre-recorded television broadcast that he had ordered a special military operation in eastern ukraine minutes later missile strikes occurred at dozens of cities across the country including ukraine's capital kiev The Ukrainian border service stated shortly thereafter that its border posts with Russia and Belarus were under attack. Ukrainian President Zelensky declared martial law at around the same time. Um, Yeah, and that's basically everything that um, I think um, you can or everybody that is serious can say with confidence about the ongoing military conflict uh yeah in the ukraine um there is something that you might know as uh, yeah fog of war meaning every information that uh, gets out of a war zone is yeah first and foremost highly questionable and very hard to confirm and uh, yeah of course every party uh, involved tries to shape the uh, yeah narrative the media the propaganda in a way that um yeah benefits them. Um, Therefore, I want, uh, yeah, to keep it like that. I just want to encourage you to, uh, yeah, again, to, uh, yeah, kind of do your due diligence with all the information that you get um, around that conflict and uh, make sure it's verified. So let's get to the, uh, yeah, topic of this talk. What does that mean for the global economy besides the fact of course um yeah that it is a human tragedy i want to talk about yeah basically three points i want to talk about um yeah first and foremost uh, commodity and energy markets and yeah the effects that we're seeing here i want to talk about um the implications for supply chain and uh, potentially food prices and last but not least um yeah what that Whole situation means for the financial markets, for the stock markets. You might have heard terms like SWIFT uh, lately, um, sanctions that the European Union and other countries globally yeah, imposed on financial institutions in Russia and so on. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. If you just joined, um, again, feel free to yeah leave your thoughts, your comments, your questions in the chat, in the comment section. Um, I'm more, more than happy to answer them during this stream. All right, let's talk about um, yeah, commodity and energy markets. And again, I'm oversimplifying uh, very much uh, here uh, just for time constraints to make sure to give you um, an overview about yeah, at least the most important parts of that uh, yeah, situation. So, um, yeah, when we look at the world's biggest oil producers, um, yeah then we see that Russia is uh, number three behind the US on yeah, first place and then Saudi Arabia over the last yeah, decade or so um, yeah the US really ramped up their fracking and stuff that's why we see them at you know or, uh, at first place here but um, what I want to show you is that um, yeah Russia is one of the biggest oil producers um, and also exporters in the world and um, in my opinion that plays not only yeah, a role in the conflict itself, but also will have uh, yeah, implications uh, for the global economy. Um, because when we uh, yeah look at how yeah Russia, again, is third world's biggest uh, oil producer, um, gets a lot of their oil out of the country, um, and most of that oil is exported to Europe, uh, then as we can see on that map, um, yeah, we only have a few pipelines where all that Um, gas and oil um, is going through or in that uh, case the gas pipelines Um, and uh, yeah when we think back a few decades ago a lot of these countries uh, where these pipelines are going through in that case the ukraine uh, were part of the soviet uh, union now they are independent countries and therefore um, yeah russia has to pay a lot of money in form of fees and I don't know, gas tolls, so I don't know what the correct term here is yeah, to use these pipelines um, or to send that gas or that oil um, through these pipelines through their country. And um, then you heard about Nord Stream 1 and 2. Um, these are yeah basically a way for Russia to kind of circumvent that and uh, basically go yeah directly through the Baltic Sea, meaning no yeah from Russia to uh, Germany through the Baltic Sea, meaning no country between them uh meaning they russia in that case um yeah makes much more money higher profit uh when they sell their yeah, commodity uh their resources their us that way and uh, of course yeah, germany announced in yeah at least uh, when we are uh recording this live stream um that uh, yeah the Nord Stream 1 and 2 project is completely canceled, um, meaning yeah, Germany will no longer uh, buy or receive um, gas and oil through these pipelines. Um, and then I want to focus your attention um, again. We're talking still about oil and gas uh, and yeah, implications on oil and gas prices globally, and therefore the global economy, because um, yeah, although I think that's also a kind of wake-up call to, um, for a lot of countries to become less dependent on oil. Again, the global economy still runs on oil and gas. So what we're seeing here um, is a map of the Crimea, um, meaning at yeah, the south of the Ukraine. And all these little um, red and uh, green dots that you can see on the map um, are basically uh, yeah, oil or uh, natural gas fields and then these different areas are the different um, areas with the different drilling rights for yeah different countries in that case Um, here another map again i'm not an engineer Uh, i cannot really tell you what that means in detail you can check the sources um, by yourself and dive a little deeper into that but i think what we see um, very good on on this uh, map here is um, basically yeah the sea area where russia had influence and. For drilling, maybe not rights, but at least the potential to do so or the power to do so, um, uh, yeah, to to kind of uh, use these uh, natural resources. So, um, yeah, just in the whole context, um, I'm not saying that this is the main, um, or at all, a motivation for uh, Russia or for Putin to. For doing so, but on the other hand, it also wouldn't be the first time that, yeah, a nuclear-armed permanent member of the UN invades a foreign country because, um, yeah, of oil and natural resources. Um, but nonetheless, again, besides the political and, uh, yeah, military implications that we are seeing here, um, yeah whenever there's uncertainty in the markets, um, because, yeah, of course, now um, there is just less supply of oil and gas, no matter how that uh, conflict plays out. And therefore, we see that jump uh, in the oil prices um, over, yeah, the last week or so. Um, Again, the whole chart here represents uh, one year. Then, when we look at it from a five-year perspective, even then, we see that kind of, yeah, heavy jump. Uh, nonetheless, um, yeah, we see a kind of constant trend upwards and uh, yeah, as you remember that peak down at the beginning of 2020, that was a time where everywhere in the news was, well, the oil prices are negative and yeah, a lot of interesting trading options uh, were at least for a very short period of time possible. Um, yeah. And even if we look at the long-term perspective, um, meaning over the last yeah 30 years or so, um, we see that. Yeah, in a global context, um, yeah, crude oil, oil price, generally speaking, is uh, almost at an all-time high, um, yeah, only 2008 um, was a kind of similar situation where we had very volatile um, commodity and uh, oil prices in the yeah, financial crisis back then. Uh, kind of not so similar situation with natural gas. Uh, natural gas. Um, we also see a yeah, kind of constant upwards trend here. Um, but not that big of a jump Um, yeah compared to oil um, especially not when we look at it uh, yeah as we see here from a long-term perspective Um, so yeah maybe we will don't or maybe we won't see uh, any increasing natural gas prices at all i doubt that but maybe we have some lag and some delay till that uh, actually yeah shows effect during the supply chain Speaking of supply chain, um, yeah, let's talk about uh, yeah how all of that affects affects the global supply chain, and then uh, potentially uh, food uh, prices and yeah other prices maybe drives inflation and whatnot. Um, and again, I think the main reason is that uh, yeah the whole world still runs on oil, but it also has some very yeah pragmatic uh, I don't know logistical or, or geostrategic i don't know uh, reasons but i found that map uh yeah that image um very telling meaning that shows the airspace um yeah over and around ukraine uh, and uh, yeah belarus and parts of russia and the black sea and you can yeah see how all the air traffic has to get rerouted uh, around that area and of course, um, yeah, compared to the sea traffic um, or merchant shipping, um, the amounts of goods that is actually transported by plane um, is quite uh, quite low. Um, nonetheless, um, yeah, translate that uh, into other areas, shipping, again, pipelines uh, and whatnot. They are all now uh, at least limited if not completely, um, yeah, cut off uh, from the rest of the world or interrupting um, existing uh, supply chains. For example, yeah, just a simple reason. If you want to get a certain flight, you might not be able to get it now because the airspace um, is closed. then although of course yeah the Ukraine is not uh, or Ukraine is not necessarily one of the biggest um, yeah, global players when it comes to trade um, yeah, don't or when you look at these uh, numbers you might you might get the impression uh, well yeah these are compared to other nations uh, kind of small numbers in terms of uh, yeah, exports and imports with with other countries. but um, and that's the important point I want to stress here is, the amount of uh, corn and wheat and maize and crops and things of that nature that the ukraine actually exports um, is something that we should think about or consider because the european union i think it's over 50 percent of their cereals of their crops of their corn and yeah these kind of stuff um, sunflower seeds and whatnot um, from the ukraine and uh, as we can see uh, uh, yeah, from this chart, also partially from uh, Russia, of course, these are countries with yeah, very big land areas um, where you just can yeah, have big uh, agricultural industry, and therefore, um, yeah, in a war zone, um, yeah, or uh, when trading isn't uh, possible, um, that will at least for the european union or europe in general and therefore as a ripple effect probably also for other parts of the world uh, definitely have um effect on yeah food prices in general at least over the next weeks months and maybe years uh, to come depending how long this uh, conflict is actually going um, yeah again uh, what we can see here ukraine's top export partners wheat and maize um, the top 10 countries where they exported to um yeah another point that um i think plays a role here is um fertilizer of course when we talk about agriculture when we talk about uh, growing stuff uh, fertilizer is one of the main components here um i think the chemical proce- process of extracting um, yeah nitrogen out of the air and kind of put it into fertilizer um, and therefore yeah, being able to grow all that kind of food that we have to then feed all the people that we have on this planet is one of the biggest inventions um, in in human history as far as i know Um, and what i didn't know is that uh, for whatever reason in that process at least today of creating uh, that fertilizer um, involved is natural gas and um, yeah as i said before um, natural gas Uh, oil and so on they always go um, hand in hand therefore if we um, not only yeah see um, a shortage there we now also see a shortage and therefore then as a second effect uh, fertilizer fertilizer supply and that might be even yeah have more effect on the on the situation yeah here you can see these kind of big gas tanks it's kind of hard to find a picture of gas but um, yeah you might have seen these these are basically the big storage uh, yeah, facilities to store um, natural gas so what i want to tell you is um, yeah well the question for me is we have high high oil and gas prices on the one hand again oil for yeah, basically powering every machine in the world and gas um to yeah also then create fertilizer out of it then the whole supply chain was already under pressure um, yeah because of COVID uh, and whatnot. By the way, nobody's talking about COVID anymore, isn't it interesting? Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So the whole supply chain uh, had already uh, problems, and now again with um, yeah a lot of uh, trades n- no longer possible, uh, and yeah with no fly zone, not no fly zones, but yeah with restricted airspace, um, with uh, yeah, underweight otherwise interruptions in the financial market, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, I think, yeah, it's just a matter of time uh, till we see uh, rising food prices. Um, and of course, I hope um, yeah, that will not end in a kind of humanitarian catastrophe in the Ukraine or other countries around the world because of that. All right, let's talk about financial and um, stock markets. Because you probably heard a lot of uh, a lot about the term Swift um, over the last days, and if Russia or the question if Russia gets excluded out of the Swift uh, system, if, yeah, and who does it, who doesn't, uh, and what not. So um, what you might have heard is that yeah, Swift is used to send money between banks. That's only half true. So let's uh, yeah talk about that for a second. So yeah, SWIFT is just an abbreviation and stands for Society for Worldwide Interbank Financial Telecommunication and is a Belgian cooperative society providing services related to the execution of financial transactions and payments between banks worldwide. And that's the important part now. Its principal function is to serve as the main messaging network through which international payments are initiated, meaning we're talking about cross-border payments here. And uh, yeah, to understand that is to understand how um, banks work because at the end of the day, um, yeah, when I'm a bank and you are a bank and we do business with each other, um, basically I have an account, um, how much money I owe you and vice versa. And you have the same account um, in your box. And uh, whenever we send money, it's basically just that we update each other's accounts and uh, yeah the messaging system to tell you hey i send your money or update your accounts and that in that way um is swift it's just a yeah quasi international standard uh, by now for again uh, cross-border payments and of course um, if you get kicked out of that system then all these payments um yeah all these transactions get way more complicated of course there are still other options that you can do there are always yeah otc over the counter uh, transactions, you can literally use the phone or write a letter or whatever communication uh, works. But again, of course, that's then not uh, that, yeah, quality level uh, or doesn't, yeah, is not an international standard level and just excludes you from doing a lot of, uh, doing a lot of business with basically everybody else in the world. All right. Um, but, that's the Swift system, and um, we also have to talk about uh, how that then affects, um, yeah, the, the central bank um, because that's done basically, yeah, on a one step higher level. Um, so what we're seeing here is who is actually, um, yeah, who holds Russia's central bank reserves, and we see, um, yeah, that Russia has kind of. Gold reserves, meaning they have a lot of gold stored uh, somewhere for maybe situations like that to have that as a payment uh, vehicle when everything else uh, fails. and they have ties with China, France, Japan, Germany, U.S., other institutions, um, and so on. And um, yeah, as you know, most of the uh, yeah countries on these list uh, already excluded um, already yeah. Imposed sanctions uh, on Russia and probably more uh, countries will uh, following maybe even more have done so when you are watching the recording of this re- uh, yeah of this live stream in the uh, corner uh, right down below you then can see the different uh, kind of currencies um, that Russia is actually holding by themselves so they have euros they have one uh, I don't know how to pronounce that um, and uh, US dollar and of course um, yeah, some gold or around 20%, 25% uh, in gold reserves. So nonetheless, um, yeah, or not nonetheless. I mean, I think we saw sanctions um, in a severity and intensity that we haven't seen um, in a long time, if ever um, before. And therefore, yeah, that's a chart of uh, the US dollar against the Russian ruble. Um, over a year. And again, you see, yeah, you heard it probably already in the news. The yeah, ruble literally collapsed, meaning nobody wants to have ruble because, yeah, again, uh, ruble is only useful if you actually can buy stuff in Russia with it. And if you cannot trade with Russia, if you cannot buy anything in Russia, and if you don't want to buy anything in Russia, then, uh, yeah, again, supply and demand. And then the ruble crashes. Um, When we look yeah, at the five-year window, uh, then that gets kind of, yeah, is more relative maybe because yeah, the ruble nonetheless was over the last years, always on a yeah, way downwards compared to the S dollar. And especially when we look uh, over the last twenty years, then uh, yeah, you can't really see that crash um, in the last uh, week or the last one or two weeks. Um, so yeah, everything, is relative but nonetheless um, I think that shows yeah I think very good how more and more isolated um Russia becomes in that situation um, which we can also see um, when we have had the look at the credit ratings um, yeah Fitch Moody and uh, the other credit rating agency all over the world so, um, yeah basically downgraded uh, russia's credit uh, worthiness credit rating to junk yeah meaning um, yeah nobody in the world will lend russia uh, any money in the future even if they would have access uh, to the financial markets um yeah then uh, let's have a look at the effects that it actually had on the on the financial markets or in the stock markets in that scenario in um Europe in that case what we see here is the Eurostoxx 50 meaning you know, the biggest um or the 50 biggest uh, companies in Europe and um yeah we see that dip in 2020 when the you know COVID pandemic hit um good old days and um yeah by now we also see that uh we have kind of yeah you know, nose nosedive over the last week so we see kind of impact in the European market here Um, when we look at the US represented by the S&P 500 uh, in that case yeah it's a little different uh, not so much impact Um, yeah just makes sense the US doesn't have that yeah much of ties with the Russians or uh, with the Ukraine compared to Europe of course where we yeah just geographically much closer and of course with trade and so on, have, watch, have much uh, closer ties uh, to these countries. All right. Um, yeah, that's it so far for my presentation. Let's um, sum it up. And if you are watching this live right now and if have any particular question, thought, comment, feel free to put it in the chat. Now, let me just remove this one. All right, so um, what do I think how this is going to play um, out? Of course, again, I have no idea um, from a yeah, political or, or military perspective. Um, I just can look what happened uh, in scenarios um, historically that were at least kind of comparable. And when we look at the last conflicts uh, in the U- not the Ukraine, that are comparable uh to what we're seeing in the Ukraine meaning in Afghanistan in Iraq and whatnot these were yeah decades long conflicts and therefore um yeah I hope all of that gets resolved um as quickly as possible um but uh yeah maybe uh, I'm doubting it a little bit uh, therefore, um, yeah, I think the, the economic implications are probably um, very severe, maybe not even so much on the short term, but uh, from a long term perspective, just because uh, yeah, Russia is such a big geopolitical player, and therefore affects a lot of um, yeah, economic decisions that are made um, globally. And um, yeah, if Russia gets more and more isolated uh, internationally, then, um, yeah, as a country with a lot of natural resources that um, a lot of well, a big part of the world uh, still needs, um, yeah, I think a lot of countries will face uh, challenges, especially yeah, probably countries in in Europe, maybe Germany especially with uh, yeah now I think what is it thirty percent or something uh, of the of the energy of the natural gas uh, would have been yeah come through um, the pipelines uh, Nord Stream one and two. So uh, yeah, just from an engineering perspective, now we have to figure out, okay, how to heat uh, the homes and uh, how to get uh, oil and gas otherwise into the country. And uh, yeah, then, of course, on a global scale, um, in, when we have um, yeah, the threat of conflict, uh, generally speaking, um, that is, again, insecurity, uh, uncertainty in the markets, that is always bad for, for trade, always bad for the markets. Um, and uh, yeah considering that uh, yeah oil and these resources still are running a big part of the global economy and probably for decades to come till we are actually able to to shift some of the energy yeah, resources or how we use and uh, produce energy um till that changes um yeah that will directly or indirectly um affect probably everybody on this planet um yeah i only can hope that uh, yeah again it will end as quick as possible i hope um you are prepared in uh, any way possible um whatever that means in your situation yeah depending on where you are right now when you are watching this um yeah that being said um Yeah, I think um, that's everything that I can say about it from an economic standpoint right now. Um, just because of the fact, um, yeah, things are changing so quickly right now that they are probably uh, already outdated. That was one of the reasons why I wanted to do this live to make sure it's at least a little up to date. What we're talking about. All right. Um, yeah, I'm interested in your thoughts, um, in your predictions, um, what you think about the whole situation, um, where you are from when you're watching this, and of course, um, what you think, how the long term implications are of the whole conflict of the whole situation. All right. That being said, um, I wish you have well, I wish you a great rest of the week. Wish you have a great, I uh, hope you have a great day and i hope to talk to you soon have a good one bye bye